1: celebrating National Animal Disaster Preparedness Day, a veterinarian's private thoughts when they are with your pets, and a new source of healing comfort for your pets. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started.
0: Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie.
1: Welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Email us at Doggy Diva Show at AOL.com. That's D O G G Y D I V A Show at AOL.com. We love hearing from you, so go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. We have with us Monica Layton, owner of Professional Pet Sitting and with our Pet Tip of the Week. And you know, Monica, every year we do our uh, disaster preparedness show, which is late May, early June, because our hurricane season in Florida starts in June. But National Animal Disaster Preparedness Day is today. So could you tell us a little bit about
3: it? Absolutely. And I so look forward to our shows on this, you know, yearly. It's so important to pet owners to really be prepared for the storms. So what I usually tell people is right now is the time to go through your kits, get rid of any old medications, get rid of any old food, you know, refresh it with your new stuff and make sure that if there's anything you're missing, you know, now's the time to get it in there. And I know, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get into all the specifics on what you need to have in there, um, your pet's identification, you know, different tips for evacuations, things of that nature. But right now is really the time to sit down and evaluate what you have, what you don't have, There's so many great things online as far as, um, help with preparedness. And the other thing is, is really just starting your kit. If you have not started one yet, you know, now's the time. Find something that is, um, waterproof, you know, a little rubber mate container, you know, start finding a crate, a crate or a cage that is portable that your pet can fit in. You know, start getting some of those bigger items done now. And that way you can go back and remember, you know, do I need, you know, does my pet eat canned food? Are they pop-top lids? Um, do I need a can opener? So you need to have a manual can opener. Um, you know, something that you don't require electricity for. Um, you know, do I have water for X amount of time? Do I have food for X amount of time? You know, start going through your list, you know, flashlight and batteries. Just now is the time to really start getting your house, your family, and your pets in order. And I so look forward to our, you know, our big hurricane awareness show. And we'll have so many tips for pet owners. But I just wanted to get it out there today since it is National, you know, Animal Pet Preparedness Day. That now is the time to start You do not want to get into hurricane season and have not, you know, have the big essentials. You know, start your kit now. Make sure you have your crate and carriers and start researching now what you have locally in your area that can help you. Do you have a pet friendly shelter? Do you have veterinarians that will take your pet in? Do you have a, you know, a route that you're going to take or a place that you're going to stay? And in that, can you take your pets? Are they pet friendly? Do you have your pets, you know, vaccines up to date? Do you have an up to date picture of that pet? That way, if they get lost, um, make sure that all of that information is being gathered now. And we'll go through all of this in great detail over the next couple of weeks. But now's the time to really start preparing
1: is our 14th year doing the show people always thank us for doing this people wait for it to, to kind of like see if there's any new things to put in the kit or also it reminds people what to do in the kit and this is for all different kinds of animals not on, only dogs but today uh, May 12th being National Animal Disaster Preparedness Day gives us a chance it sort of like sits in our mind going okay now should I go I'm going to go through my kit pull out any old food put out pull out any old water make sure that my um the vaccinations are up to date. Make sure that, you know, everything's in plastic. You have the extra harness, have the extra leash, all this stuff so you could go to your kit because everybody, most people know where the kit is. If you don't, when you hear our show, you're going to get your kit together and you're not going to have to worry about anything. And you also have a lot of other great advice. But this is a great time to check out your kit, check out, make sure your your pet's microchip is that you're in the right location. If you've moved, you might want to update it. Um, but there's so much to today and also when we have our show, which is going to be just in a few weeks. So thank you very much,
3: Monica. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.
1: Coming up, have you ever wondered what veterinarians think in their most private moments with the animals? Stay tuned. Does your
0: dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help.
1: Order a 90-day
3: supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite.
1: Pick up two bottles of
0: Super Mega fish oil.
3: Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids.
0: Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur.
3: Dogs love it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com.
4: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Oh. Let's
3: talk pets. Let's
0: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. Radio.
1: PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. You know how we love bringing you inspirational, pet-themed books and authors. Well, we have with us today a heartwarming debut novel from Susie Fincham Gray, My Patients and Other Animals, A Veterinarian Story of Love, Loss, and Hope. And Susie brings the reader into her in the consulting room and behind the scenes and in these complex, challenging situations that veterinarians face, as well as she tells us inspirational and heartwarming stories of her patients, their pets parents, and of her own pets. So we want to welcome with us today uh, the author of My Patients and Other Animals, Susie Fincham-Gray. Hey, Susie, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, be talking with you. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking with you. Um, can <laughs> you tell the listeners about yourself and about how writing like has impacted your veterinary career? Yes, absolutely. And um, so I'm
2: a internal medicine specialist uh, for small animals, which means that, uh, and the, the story of how I get to this place is, is in the book. But um, it means that I uh, take care of cats and dogs with um, more complicated uh, medical problems. So, which is which is something which I love doing. It's a, it's an incredible um, career. It's an incredible. Um, sort of calling that I have to, to, to do this work. But sometimes it's really emotionally um, difficult, which also I think I touch on in the book. Mm-hmm. And what I've found through my writing is that I've been able to sort of figure out those complex m- emotional situations, and I've been able to look at things in a new way through writing. So when I sit down and I start to write about a case maybe that um, is difficult to either from a um, professional standpoint of figuring out what's wrong or more from an emotional standpoint of um, dealing with an animal that's really sick, I suddenly see things in a different way. And so that's been really um, amazing and something that I never expected from, from writing that it would give me this new um, view and this new idea about what it is that I do every day.
1: You know, and I appreciate that you took us kind of behind the scenes and everything. But I'm sure the listeners can tell from your accent that you are from um, the UK, and but you yeah. you now live in the US. Can you just tell a little bit about that transition? Yeah,
2: yeah. So yes, so I um, I grew up in a small um, town called Hereford, which is in England, and it's right on the the Welsh border, so sort of in the west of England. Um, And it's a really rural area, um, a lot of farming, a lot of sheep. Um, cows, the, the Hereford cow, which is the, you, you see it a lot um, all over the place, actually, there's a lot in the U.S., is actually from my hometown, so it's a small oh. trivia point. <laughs> and um, the, uh, I, I went to vet school in London, and then when I was at vet school, I realized that I was really interested in internal medicine. And at the time, there weren't a lot of opportunities in the U.K. to do more advanced training. And so I came over to the U.S. in 2000 uh, to the University of Pennsylvania to do an internship and then a residency um, in internal medicine, and that was a pretty incredible change. It was there was there was sort of a real culture shock, even though of course you would think that England and the U.S. aren't that different. But in, in actuality, when you start to get down to the nitty gritty of drugs and and um, all those sorts of things. It's very, very different. The drugs that are available, the names of the drugs. Sometimes even if it's the same drug, it is different. And so that was really um, stepping into the uh, into the lion's den a little bit when I when I first came over um, the first months of my internship. And then, yeah, I, I had always planned to go back home, but somehow 17 years later, I'm now living in San Diego um, with my family, and and I still have all my extended family back in the UK. So. It's nice. I get to visit a lot and um, they get to come and see the San Diego sunshine, which they love. And yeah, so somehow this journey has brought me here, even though I never would have guessed in a million years that, uh, you know, even 10 years ago that I would still be in the us but but I love it.
1: We're so glad you're here because obviously you've impacted where you are we're in San Diego. also in your book, which brings this very personal um, side to it, which kind of shows this a different side of our veterinarian, which is with their own pets. Can you just tell mm-hmm. us briefly about your pets? Yeah, and we don't want to. We don't want to give anything away on any pets in the book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So so what's really interesting is, um, and it's a little strange. I'm sure um, most people are surprised when I when I say this. But when I grew up, we really didn't have any pets in our in our house in England. Um, It just wasn't really part of um, our family but it was something that um I found a pet rock along the way and um had <laughs> many um pet adventures with stuffed animals and 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 such so when I got to the US in 2000 um I came with without any pets and um, I very quickly ac- acquired my first cat um and he was just amazing, I won't say too much because he is in the book he's he is a star of the the show mm-hmm. in the book so um but he he's an amazing and since then um sort of fast forwarding you know sixteen seventeen years we um I now have a full time family of um at the moment, we have three cats and two dogs, so um, it's an ever-rotating show, which um, of of animal craziness. But um, I love it, <laughs> and uh, they really, my own pets have, have taught me a lot about um, that other side of veterinary medicine, which is you know the of course the pet parents. And so um, being um, so involved in the lives of my patients and also their their parents, it's really shown me. Um, from the other side as well, when my animals have got sick, um, how it really feels to to be in that position and how hard that is.
1: Well, and I have to tell you because of because of what you talked about about your pets and about how they affected your life and your perspective on things, it really helped me to see how that other side of the you know the, the our veterinarian is that that personal side. But I have to tell you, there's something else that here I am, a person in rescue for years. I've mm-hmm. learned so much about international adoptions, and I learned this from your book. Can you please tell yeah. the listeners about the risks and rewards of international pet adoptions? Because I think that, you know, and there's, there is a lot going on out there now, and it's far more um, open than it was before, mm-hmm. but also it's kind of eye-opening what you brought up in your book.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, international pet adoption, I think, really over the last um, 5 to 10 years, I would say, has become... Um, increasingly common in the U.S. and and you know we can now adopt animals from almost any country you know and and, and which is which is great because you know we're saving animal lives which is absolutely always a good thing, um, but there are all, definitely are some risks with regards to um, the diseases that they can bring with them that we may not know about, and so um, you know what's really interesting about disease is that. It's very geographical. And what I mean by that is that in different areas, even of the country in the u s, but then obviously in the world, there are different diseases. And so sometimes when we adopt an animal from a different country, we're not really aware of what those diseases may be, and then what the implications of those might be for sort of the future of that animal's life, um, and if they get sick, you know what we really should be looking for. And so um that's something that I find. Fascinating because it just these are just so incredible the organisms and how they um, get where they get and how they survive is, is sort of really fascinating, but also it's something which when we adopt an animal from overseas it's really important that we know about that history of where they've come from um, and and you know, so where they were rescued from geographically, but then also the situation that they were in because that can really Influence and inform my problem solving as a veterinarian. If, if for some reason you know, that animal were to get sick, and so it, it the you know it's amazing that we can do this and we can we can save these animals from really really terrible situations. But we also need to be aware that they can carry things with them that we need to then be aware of if in the future they get sick because that could be the reason why is something they picked up you know
1: thousands of miles away. Well, and that was so important. It's important to bring that forward because I think sometimes, you know, when we're working with our veterinarians, certainly as I'm reading, you know, about what different things you uncovered, it would be nothing that I would ever expect. I mean, it was very, very eye-opening so that, you know, to to keep ahead of this and, and the uh, pet parents and patients were very, very lucky they had you because you did, you do a lot of research and you do figure things out. Can you tell the listeners about being a veterinary specialist and why sometimes it's important that we that we as pet parents have to go to a, pet, a vet specialist, a vet care specialist.
2: Yeah. So veterinary specialists have advanced training, which means that we have completed um, an internship and then a residency in our, our specialties that that we're um, qualified in. And then once we've done the training, we also have to do board exams to become a diplomat of the college in which we're a specialist. And so there are many, I think there's now maybe 57 special specialties, I want uh-huh. to say, um, that are recognized and um, you know, thousands of specialists across the U.S., ranging from behavior specialists to dental specialists to internal medicine, surgery Oncology you know, pretty much any specialist that you would see as a human you can see with your um, with your pet as well these days and and the advantage of that special training um, and and what we do as specialists is that we have a very specific focus, and so um, I'm the first to admit that I I do not know very much about flea treatment because <laughs> there are so many flea meds out there these days, and um, they co- uh, it's like a constantly rotating um, schedule of flea meds, and, and that's something that general veterinarians are way better at knowing about than I am, but what I know about are the things that are very specifically focused on internal medicine, and so sometimes there are, there are cases or there are, there are pets who need Special help in a particular area. So maybe, um, for example, you know, as an internal medicine specialist, I see a lot of animals with diabetes, um, a lot of animals with kidney problems or liver problems or sort of chronic intestinal problems that aren't just aren't getting resolving with, with sort of the standard care that, that, you know, a, a general veterinarian can give. And at that point, that's when I can step in as a specialist and really kind of focus in on um, the, a specific issue and try to get to the bottom of it and and try to figure out number one what's going on and then number two what we can do about it and so um, specialists definitely I think have an increasing role in um, our pets care as as pet insurance becomes more popular and you know pet owners are integrating their animal family into the human family, we're finding the role of specialists is becoming more and more important. And it, it's something which I think you know, really allows us to, to spend more time. So, for example, when I um, see an owner and they come to see me as, as a client, I spend usually, you know, over an hour just talking to them about what's going on with their pet and, and getting the history, which is a, a real luxury that, you know, often in general practice, you're not able to do that because you just simply have too many patients. And so that's something which is set, sets the specialists apart a little bit because we do have a little bit more of that time and that focus. And so that's something which, you know, can really benefit and can really complement what general practice veterinarians do. And we can... You you know, we often work together as a team to, to help our
1: patients in that way. You also give great insight into um, the senior pets. Can you discuss a little bit about this? But I happen to adopt, see I take senior pets and I take disabled pets. Can you discuss a little bit about the special needs of senior pets?
2: Yeah, it, it's really an area that I love. I really love um, seeing geriatric Cats and dogs it, and, and what's really interesting is that we're seeing a whole sort of new population of of geriatric cats and dogs who ten years ago even wouldn't aren't, weren't living as long as they are today, and so that's amazing. We want our pets to live as long as they possibly can, but also it brings with us, brings with it a whole new set of challenges when it comes to providing care for those. For, for our pets and providing health care for them as well and 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 sort of making those decisions about when is an older pet sick versus you know the natural aging process. That's something that can be very challenging sometimes in, in our pets as they age, and I, I think as well, the other thing that's incredibly important is when they are sick, really trying to identify um, their quality of life and and how that may influence what we decide to do with regards to care for them and treatment for them as
1: they near the ends of their lives. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next question. In your book, you're very open, you're very honest and and compassionate about something that probably is the worst thing that (laughs) that a pet parent wants to Mm -hmm. hear um, or, or have to deal with, which is euthanasia. Can you please share with the listeners about what our pets actually can tell us about this euthanasia debate?
2: Yes, absolutely. And and that is such a good point, you know, because we we do need our pets to tell us about about when they're not feeling good and about when their quality of life is is not so good. And and sometimes those changes and sometimes those signs can be incredibly subtle. You know, it's a conversation that I have a lot, and it's something which continues to be very important in my career, and is always at the forefront of my mind. Is sort of that idea that uh, pets we need to we need to kind of advocate for them, and they need they. And if we listen to what they're telling us, we often can know more about what their quality of life is like than maybe we would understand on the surface. And so, I think that. Our pets are so important and so integrated into our families um, and are part of our families. And when we're making these decisions about healthcare care and, and about, you know, tough choices at the end of life, it's like doing the same for a family member, for a human family member. And so it's something which I think, you know, we have to really be an advocate for our pets and not necessarily an advocate for ourselves. And what I mean by that is it is an incredibly difficult decision to make, as you said, and it's something that none of us want to do. But unfortunately, all of us as pet owners will probably be faced with at some point in our in our pet loving lives. And it's something which, you know, we we need to take ourselves a little out of that equation when we, when we're looking for the right thing to do for our pets, because it's, it's really, really difficult, um, when we love our pets as much as we do to, to make a decision that's incredibly hard. But we need to think about how our pets are really f- feeling from a, um, physical standpoint and not make a decision that is right for us, but make a decision that's right for them. And that's something that I think is is very important that I think about a lot, you know, every day when I'm seeing patients, I think about trying to make the decisions that are best for pets, which is some, it sounds like something we would always do, but it's something that in reality is incredibly difficult because we love them so much.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And again, in your book, book, you really, Touched upon it, and and you did it in a very ethical and yet compassionate way. But where can the listeners go to learn more about you and to learn more about my patients and other animals?
2: Yeah, so um, I have a website. My website is my name, which... Always causes confusion. Fincham is <laughs> always difficult to spell. But um, my website is susiefinchamgray dot com. Um, I am on Facebook as uh, Susie Fincham Gray author. And um, if you if you follow me on Facebook, then um, I always try to post little interesting um, pet snippets that I've that I've read and um, the latest information about um, where I might be. Um, Doing a book signing or or speaking or or just um you know links to incredible radio shows like this one. Um, you know all that information is going to be on my website and on on Facebook.
1: Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. I mean I love your book. it was so as I keep saying, it was heartwarming, introspective, and it's it's a real ethical look at the, the role that a veterinarian's life is all about, actually. And I want to remind the readers that the book is My Patients and Other Animals. And um, I want to thank you for being a guest on our show today. And I also want to thank you, Susie, for all that you were doing for the pets and for the pet parents in this book. It was a very, very good read. I really advi- I really recommend it. My Patients and Other Animals by Susie Fincham-Gray. I I can guarantee that you're going to look at your vets in a totally different way you're going to see that other side of them because it's it is it's a very introspective very very good book.
2: Thank you so much. And you know, you saying that just is is incredible to me because that was exactly one of the things I wanted to to really do with this book was just show people maybe a little di- different side of being a vet and, and how how it is for us, you know, as, as veterinarians. And so to, for you to say that you got that from the book is really um touching and, and very meaningful to me. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And again, thank you for writing this book. It was it was very it was very good. And and I read a lot of animal books and I'm telling you this was very heartfelt. I could feel it. And um and very enlighten very enlightening. <laughs> thank you so much. I learned a lot from it. So thank you so much and you have a great day. Thanks, you too. Okay, we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Doggy Diva Show listeners. Susan Marie here to take just a half a minute to let you know how much we appreciate your being with us every week to hear great dog tips you can use with your pet, some great stories about rescues, fostering, and some heartwarming stories about second chances for pets who are now in loving forever homes. Be sure to go to our website, thedoggydiva.com, to see pictures of Miss Olive, and other dogs we talk about on the show and get to know us a little better. That's thedoggydiva.com. D-O-G-G-Y. We appreciate your feedback, too. Okay, let's get back to the show. Coming up, a new source of healing and comfort for your pets. Stay tuned.
2: Listeners, I'd love to introduce you to PetPlay.com. They deliver freshly cooked human-grade dog food right to your door. I'm talking about dog food that is so high quality that even us humans could technically eat it. I've been feeding Pet Plate to my pup for the last two weeks and it's perfect for my picky pup and perfect for me since I'm so busy. So if you want something super healthy, really tasty, and ready to serve, go to PetPlate.com forward slash spot to get 30% off your first box. Once again, that's PetPlate.com forward slash spot to get 30% off your first box. P-E-T-P-L-A-T-E dot com.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. We are so happy to welcome back a truly successful entrepreneur in the pet industry. She's the CEO and founder of not one, but two successful companies. And her success has been rooted in first identifying a problem and then finding innovative ways to solve it. And she is helping pets and pet parents everywhere. We want to welcome back to the Dog Diva Show, the founder and first company to create PCR hemp ball infused products for pets, which are so popular now. We want to welcome back Juliana Carella, the CEO and founder of Treatables. Hey, Juliana, how are you?
4: I'm great. Great to be back on the show, and thanks for having
1: me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and it's amazing how when you were our guest last time to where you are now, the awareness and the education and, you know, that people know the benefit of what the your treats are. So first off, because you are such a success and um, – you know, and I love to have a, a a female on who has a phenomenal success story, and you certainly have one. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
4: So I started a company called Auntie Dolores back in 2008, which is a, a cannabis company. We're one of the oldest cannabis companies in the world, and uh, when we first started, we were making uh, edibles for um, human beings, um, mostly THC-focused, uh, because, of course, at the time, nobody really knew much about CBD, Um, A few years later, we became more aware of CBD. We heard that they were giving this to children with epilepsy, that it was non-psychoactive and it had all these health benefits. Um, We started to have our cultivators in California grow some of these particular cannabis strains that were rich in this other component. And um, we started to get requests back in 2011 and 2012 from the patients that were using our human product line. Uh, Some of these uh, people were asking if they could give these same products to their animals and um, we we knew enough about those products to know that they were not appropriate for animals. So we really set out to create a product line that was suitable for animals that contained the non-psychoactive components of the plant and the beneficial uh, components that were appropriate for animals. So, uh, we were in a e- unique position with our cultivators in California to actually be able to grow these particular plants that were very specific and quite different uh, use and outcome. So, and that's really how Treatables got its start. Uh, we we started working with the dispensaries in California, and now here we are. You know, five years. Later, because Treatables founded in 2013, um, now our product is is sold across the country and also in Canada. We're in, you know, over 2,000 pet stores. Um, Veterinarians uh, carry the product. We've got breeders, groomers, all types of animal practitioners using the product in their practices and in their businesses. Uh, And it's just, it's been fantastic.
1: Well, and and I'm so glad you brought that up because it it has. I mean, just in the last time we've spoken, I mean, it's grown and the awareness has grown so much. You know, I knew people who I personally knew who were questioning me when you're on. They're like, oh, now can you tell me about that? I don't understand it. To now their pets are on it and they fully understand it and they see the benefits of it. And I mean, and it's true, like what I said, you identify the problem and then you solve the problem. Now, can you tell the listeners about treatables and how they benefit our pets, because there are some specific things that our pets have, illnesses our pets have, or conditions our pets have that that you that they specifically address.
4: Well, I think we should um, take a couple steps back, if we could, and just talk a little bit about the science, because that's obviously very important here. Um, all animals have an endocannabinoid system, which is a receptor system in their body. It's similar to the human endocannabinoid system. Um, But as it turns out, animals are more sensitive in many ways than humans, and dogs would be the most sensitive because they just happen to have um, the highest number of receptors in their body and their brain. So, um, animals are particularly sensitive to these chemicals. This is why THC can be so toxic to animals, especially dogs. Um, At the same token, it also points to how efficacious... The other components of the plant that are suitable for animals, um, just how efficacious they can and are. So this is this is really really where we see, um, you know, what's appropriate for animals and how it affects their systems when they take these um, chemicals in. Cannabinoids are essentially chemicals that we and our animals' bodies produce naturally. When we don't produce enough of them, it's advisable to take it in from the outside, and that's where. The cannabis and the hemp plant comes in. Um, it's almost like being vitamin deficient and needing to take in vitamins to satisfy that deficiency. It's the same thing with our endocannabinoid system. If we or our animals are not producing enough of these cannabinoids to satisfy the receptor system to provide the homeostasis that is very much involved with the endocannabinoid system, I mean to provide to provide the neuroprotection and all of the different. Um, features of these chemicals and what they provide for our physiology and our animal's physiology, uh, taking these um, products in from the plant actually helps our natural responses um, and our animal's natural responses. So really, we're addressing homeostasis. We're addressing all these other systems in the body and in our animal's bodies that are affected by the endocannabinoid system. <laughs> so that was a long-winded mm. way of basically saying that these chemicals do really good things for us and our animals and, and it brings our, our systems back in place. It makes our nervous system act uh, more efficiently. It makes our immunity uh, more efficient. It, it makes everything work better. Basically. So, this is why we're seeing conditions like anxiety are addressed with phytocannabinoids because they go straight to the receptor system and balance it, removing anxiety and removing the neurological involvement that produces the anxiety. Right? So, anxiety is the number one condition that we can uh, work with with cannabinoids. And the second condition is inflammation and arthritis, joint pain. All of these things are also very much affected by the endocannabinoid system. And again, you're just giving the system something that it needs already. And um, we see a lot of amelioration with joint, joint pain and inflammation of any kind, uh, hip dysplasia. All of these conditions that our animals suffer with are, um, you know, the cannabinoids are fantastic for that. So those are the two, you know, large groups of customers that are using our product, of course, it's also beneficial for seizures. Um, As your listeners probably know, know, CBD is undergoing FDA approval right now with um, a a pharmaceutical company in the UK is developing epilepsy medicine for children with CBD because it's now a well-known fact that CBD and other cannabinoids are beneficial for seizures. It's also beneficial for cancer and the side effects of cancer treatment. Um, The list goes on and on. I mean, the endocannabinoid system is really, (laughs) has a lot to do with our physiology, and this is why these chemicals can address so many different conditions, and they're beneficial for so many different species.
1: Can you talk about, like, the other ingredients? I mean, the ingredients that go into this? Because, as you said, it's like almost an entire nutritional composition,
4: yeah, and these products are really uh, more supplement in nature. They're, they're not uh, food products. They're supplement-type uh, products. Um, they're really supposed to be used more like a nutraceutical. Mm-hmm. Um, our you know popular products are our droppers and our cap- capsules and our hard shoes. We've got um, hard shoes for dogs. Um, they contain turmeric as well, which is obviously another active ingredient that addresses inflammation, uh, the combination of the turmeric, which... The active ingredient in turmeric is curcumin, Um, the combination of curcumin with the cannabinoids is phenomenal for, you know, all the joint issues that our animals experience. So, yeah, we're always interested in adding other ingredients that work well with the cannabinoids, but actually the cannabinoids by themselves have such phenomenal results too. And our dropper bottles can also be used as a topical so for animals with any kind of skin conditions. It's, it works fantastic for that.
1: And, and I think that this is what's coming out, Juliana, since I said that since the last time I spoke with you, when we spoke last time, I think that it was something kind of new and people were like going, well, wow, how, you know, how does that relate to me? And people are starting to like jump totally on board and they see the benefits of this. So where can the listeners go to learn more about you, number one? I mean, you're a tremendous success. And where can they learn more about treatables and where to purchase them? Um, I know that you're now, over oh, you're everywhere. I mean, you, it, it seems as though you're in so many um, retailers now.
4: Yeah, and the product is actually made from uh, the cannabinoids that are derived from the hemp plant. So it's got different uh, limitations than um, if we were to be producing this product from cannabis. So being that it's derived from hemp, Means that we can sell it across the country. Um, if you visit our website treatables.com, and it's spelled T-R-E-A-T-I-B-L-E-S.com, um, you can visit our store locator to see where in your area the product might be available. Um, you're also welcome to order directly from us. Uh, we're, you know, obviously filling filling orders all day long. And our product ships um, all over the world. So that's how your listeners can find us. Um, there's a lot of educational information on our website. We're very big on education because we understand that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's a lot of misconceptions and we're interested in just sticking to the facts and also presenting all of the information that our customers give back to us. We have over a thousand product reviews on our website. very informative. These reviews uh, tell us exactly what's happening with the product and the customers that are using it. Uh, We've got testimonials on our website, Um, so if any of your listeners are interested in finding out what other pet guardians are experiencing, that's probably the best place to go for that. Um, Additionally, we're very big on transparency because we understand that, you know, legally there's not a lot of regulations around these types of products yet, and we, in a certain sense, have to be self-regulated, which means we lab test. Um, every step of the way in the production of this of this product and we share these lab tests with our customers because we want them to understand exactly what they're getting in the product. We also want them to know that it's free of heavy metals, it's free of biocontaminants and all of those other dangerous things that can show up in products when, um, you know, the producers are not conscientious about the end result. So, these are all things that are really important to us with our relationship with our customers and um, we're we're a company that believes in phenomenal customer service we, we actually answer the phone when when our customers call us and in, in many cases we spend a good amount of time talking to them to explain to them how they can use the product to help their animals.
1: Well and I'm sure that part of that because of your customer service your vast amount of knowledge on this and um, that that's helped to make your company so successful I mean it's You know, it's grown so much. And, and like I said, you're like the first to ever get it out there and. I'm so happy that you came back on our show. I'm so happy that you did fill in the listeners. There's probably so much that they want to know because, um, as I said, you know, veterinarians have talked to me about it, people that I know, people that I'm close to uh, have talked to me about it, and the benefits to the animals is amazing. So um, I'm so glad that you took the time to come back and talk to our listeners about it. Again, to find out more about uh, Juliana or Treatables or any – any of this, there's so much information. It's uh treatables.com and mm-hmm. find out where you can purchase them and talk to your vet about them. And I am sure that you will be glad that you did. So uh, again, thank you so much for being on our show again. And Juliana, thank you so much for all that you're doing for pets and for pet parents out there.
4: Absolutely. We're, we're happy to do it. We, we love this mission and you know, it just, it just gets better and better as, you know, the world becomes more aware of, you know, these fantastic, um, opportunity that comes from this plant to, to heal our animals and ourselves. It's just, um, a really fantastic thing.
1: Well, thank you, and uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing. And hopefully, we'll get you back on. We we'll, can even talk about this some more. I'm sure that if we talk next year, there'll be more. More people will know about it. So uh, sounds good. <laughs> thank you again, and you have a great day. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay, we'll be back in just a moment. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food.
0: purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: In honor of Mother's Day this weekend, Miss Olive and all of us here at the Doggy Diva Show wish both human and pet moms a very happy Mother's Day. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our Doggy Divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone.
0: That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggiediva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon.